Hey guys, welcome back to As Told by Moms. Uh, thanks so much for being back. Thanks for all of the support that we had on our last episode, which was episode six, our 10-year anniversary together episode uh, with my husband. So once again, happy anniversary to him. And yeah, I'm super excited to get into this next episode. Uh, we are going to be entering the territory of an unmedicated birthing story, which if you know me, you know that this is the complete opposite of my own story. So I'm really, really excited to introduce our guest for today. Um, her name is Bree Shepard, and uh, I would love for her to yeah. tell us a little bit about herself. Hello, hello. Yeah, my name is Bree Shepard. Um, I am 24 years old, married, and I have a very energetic 16-month-old little boy. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, he is a hoot. He is so stinking cute, I don't too. even know what a hoot means, oh. but it sounds like him. So, um, yeah, so we moved around a ton. Um, well, I did as a child and now as well into adulthood. Yeah. But um, we got married, and I was very young. I was 19, but, you know, when you know, you know. Yep, yep. Um, and then we moved around from Florida to North Carolina, back to Florida, to Houston. Um, I'm actually from Texas. Okay. I was born there, um, raised for the most part in Florida, which I love both states. I told people, like, when you get asked, well, like, if you could pick one state, where would you live? And I would combine Texas and Florida. Okay. But love both states. Um, so you just like the heat in general. <laughs> like, you just like humidity. I definitely do and not like heat being cold. And that is that. the worst thing ever for oh me. Gosh. I do not like being cold. But um, so I'm not ready for the winter here. Okay. But it's not that bad. It's not that bad. We get like. It snows. So. Well, I mean, okay. It's like half bad. an inch of snow. Like, <laughs> there's it's a not reason that bad. why I'm not from the north and don't live in True. the north. But. Well, welcome um, back to North Carolina. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I married, my husband's name is Steven, um, and we got pregnant with our first child, first and only, um, okay. in 2020, yeah, 2020, like the peak of COVID. Oh man. Of course, there COVID babies. literally nothing else to do, so <laughs> that makes babies. sense. But um, it was on purpose. Okay. I guess we kind of got bored being at home a lot, so we were like, yeah. hey, why not have a kid. Good plan. Um, seems about the right time. We are three years into our marriage. You know, I feel like that's a that's a pretty good time to do that. Yes. I mean, yeah. It worked great for us because yeah. we had the first few years to kind of understand one another. Yes. Which it takes a long time to do. We're still getting there. I was going to say, I feel like that's still like an ongoing thing. Daniel oh, yeah. and I have been together 10 years and it's just like, we waited also three years to have mm -hmm. Jackson. And it was just like, I feel like there's still things I'm learning about him. And I'm like, you never have done this before and Sometimes now it's like I sit down I'm like Steven oh. <laughs> can you just explain to me how your brain works like, literally I would love to learn please literally <laughs> that's you know that's another topic yeah. we're definitely yeah, going to talk about that marriage for sure podcast, exactly but, um but yeah so that's a little little bit about about me I'm um we're both sixes on the Enneagram yes we this relate is true. with that this which is, is true. why I have like a whole page of notes that I see guys guys I'm, I'm gonna post a screenshot <laughs> after this is done of her notes she is if you've been a guest on my podcast she has put everyone to shame oh, with the preparation that. that has come along with this podcast like this note is insane like when I first was looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like she's more prepared than me, oh, like, no. for this thing. So I was like, okay, I really need to, like, step up my game. I need to read this and make sure That's I know what so we're funny. talking about. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think that it's, 
Thanks. actually amazing. So I will definitely post it later. Not the whole thing, <laughs> but just like a little clip. But yeah, um, thank you for being prepared. Thank you for sharing your story yeah. and for being I'm vulnerable. I'm passionate about this. So yes. I love sharing. Um, before we jump in and before you do share, yeah. we do want to, I think this was really important to the both of us, mm-hmm. just to kind of say not disclaimer, because that sounds like dramatic, but <laughs> we just want to make sure that if you're listening to this, like, just know, like, your birth story is your birth story. Yes. And whatever works for you may not work for somebody else. And this is in no way ever saying, like, what you did doesn't matter or doesn't work or is right, not the right, right way or the wrong way. Yes. Um, there is no copy and paste to birth. Yeah. Really to anything in life, but yeah. especially for this. Yeah. So just take this for information for, you know, if, if you're thinking about doing an mm-hmm. unmedicated birth, listen to this story. If you didn't have one, that's fine too. I or didn't. you hear this and you're like, that's not for me. Yeah. That's totally cool. 100%. One thing, 100%. That the most important thing I would say that I would want someone to work, walk away with after listening to this is, and even if you're past the whole having kids stage yeah. even, um, and just anything to make informed decisions. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I feel anxious about something, I want to learn everything I can about it. Yeah. That way I can make the best decision for me moving forward. And that makes me feel more confident in the situation. For sure. Better, less fear and all of that. And let me tell you, when I got pregnant, you know, you have that like a little bit of like, woohoo. Yeah. This is great. Like we're going to have a baby. That's amazing. And then you start thinking about the logistics of how the baby comes out. And I'm like, Oh, I did not think about that. (laughs) That was my first thought. Like, it's so weird because my mom had C-sections with all of us Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I think I want that. I think I want that for myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I picture myself pushing out a baby. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's really the route that I want to take. I was scared of like, I was also very young. I was 20. So I was just kind of like in this weird of like, not selfish, but just like immature, you know, where it was just like, I'm not trying to push a baby out. Like that is not for me. If you can cut me open and take it out, bet. Like that sounds good. Let's do it. Um, So yeah, that's, it's just a different, I don't know. It's just, you go through all these weird thoughts and emotions of like, what is this going to look like? And as people who plan and who thrive on like security and things like that, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like I need this to be like well planned out. Yes. So, and prepared. Yes. So, and and I also want to encourage, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. But I also want to encourage, um, anyone who is listening that might like, you might be pregnant or soon to be pregnant or thinking about your next baby and whatnot. And you're like, well, I don't, want to plan to be unmedicated, that's yeah. totally cool. Like we yeah. were just saying, um, anything that we're talking about today, you can still learn and and bring tools into your tool belt yeah. to help um, navigate through birth because anyone who's had a baby and hears about stories, things can go unexpected pretty for quickly. For sure, for sure. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about hypnobirthing in a, in a second, but um, then that's just the method that I chose to, to learn about and use to prepare. They talk specifically about when plans do change. Mm-hmm. This is how you can cope. This is, um, it is super important to like set up your environment to be a calm and peaceful environment, no yeah. matter what kind of birth you're planning For or sure. you, you end up having, um, at least have some sort of control. And I'm not saying like, you know, 
need to be able to control your birth, yeah. not necessarily, but if you can control anything, you control your environment. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge right. part of, of my birth as well. So um, just don't feel discouraged or you're like, oh, this isn't for me just because you're not planning on a medicated birth. That's perfectly fine. You still have things that you can bring into yeah. your birth no matter what kind of birth you have. Yeah, definitely. And I think at the end of the day, like your baby getting here safe and healthy is the most important thing at the end of the day, whether you end up having a C-section, unmedicated, medicated, Mm -hmm. water at home, doesn't matter. Like the end goal is always the same Mm -hmm. for that baby to be in your arms safely at the end of it. So, um, okay. So what do you want to share first? I'm really curious Mm -hmm. to know how this came about. I know you mentioned your anxiety is kind of what put you to this place of researching and all of that. So kind of walk us through what it looked like when you first was thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I kind of haven't had an idea of what I wanted to do before I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just didn't give it much thought because I was kind of like, Oh, well, when, when I get there, then I'll I'll make the solid plans and, and prepare and all that. So, once I got pregnant, I immediately, I stayed up like all night. <laughs> like oh my reading. gosh. <laughs> I joined like all of the, I like use an app to see like when my estimated due date would be. Yes. I joined like a million different community groups of like moms <laughs> that are due around the same time. Do you feel like that helped your anxiety or made it worse? <sighs> In I reality. Want, I want... I want to say, I think it helped. Okay. I think it helped for sure. Um, the unknown scares me. Okay. Um, which... Probably, yeah, we can, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like three topics. For real. Um, yeah, so I started learning a little bit and I kind of knew um, that I wanted to have an unmedicated birth. I started learning about a physiological birth, which basically by definition is um, when you spontaneously go into labor, so you don't, you're not induced or anything like that you kind of just let the body do what it's made to do and whatnot Mm -hmm. um as little or no interventions um as possible and so if you go to like a birthing center or like an at-home birth is that more in that topic yeah i mean that category yeah yeah for sure if if someone's birthing there 100 percent, they probably have that that same goal of a physiological birth um i birthed in a hospital i had i was a at a hospital but i had a midwife Um, they had a midwife practice that worked out of the hospital like inside but um and i had three different midwives and I think I was one of the only people that had all three midwives throughout my labor and birth. Really? And it wasn't supposed to happen that way. You're I supposed to just, you know... Be with one. Birth with the one that's on call when you go into labor. Got but it. Because of um, the timing of which I got into the hospital, labored through the night, woke up, a shift change happened. We'll talk about gosh. that a little oh, bit. Gosh. But yeah, so I was mid- with midwives, though. Did you um, meet them ahead of time? Like, had you been with them throughout your pregnancy? Like, actually, visiting with them so and kind of, like, meeting them? this is um, I talk about how I've, I just read a bunch of things. I knew what my goals were. Okay. So, I basically, I took all the information that I, that I read about um, the risks and benefits of epidurals or IV medication, all of the, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I knew that I had the goal of a physiological birth, and I also knew that um, part of that is being able to 
birth and labor in different positions. Okay. You can't necessarily do that when you have an epidural because yeah. your lower half is basically yeah. um, numb, so yeah. you can't really walk around. Um, but just FYI, for those that do end up getting epidurals, know that you can request to be put in different positions. Okay. I actually had one of my friends, one of my very good friends, I was supposed to be her... Um, in quote, doula. Okay. <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm not certified in any way <laughs> medically. Yeah, let's put that disclaimer out there too. <laughs> that should be a, an actual disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> I am not a medical professional at all. I'm just a woman that is passionate about this. Yes. Um, I'm technically, I'm, I'm taking a class to become a doula. Okay. Um, but I just, honestly, I just, mom life has gotten in the way. I need to put time aside to actually dive into that. But yeah. um, I was supposed to be her in quote doula. Okay. Uh, my goal was to get the class done before she went into labor. That didn't happen, but um, it's okay because th- when she went into labor, my son and I actually had a stomach virus. Oh, so, no. Thank <laughs> so God you were not there. I was not there. Oh, my gosh. Um, but anyways, she was texting me throughout her whole labor and delivery, and her and her husband. And at one point, she told me her goal was to go unmedicated, and she ended up having an epidural. And um, I just love the fact that I was able to step in and encourage her that just because you, you, in quote, had to get an epidural does not mean that you are a failure in any way possible. Like, you did what you wanted to do. You prepped for it. You you used those tools that you had throughout. And she felt that it was best for her to get an epidural. And I said, that is awesome. Like, you do what you need to do. And immediately after she texted me, she was like, oh, this is much better. Oh, my gosh. But I was like, but I I sent her this information. I said, you need to ask the nurses to be moving you in different positions. Um, Whatnot, I sent her, like, a screenshot of the different positions she can be put in. Because some nurses know and are knowledgeable in that. And some Mm -hmm. are like, I've never done that before. So they don't know. But um, And she did that. That's interesting. That's good good to know. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, Anyways, yeah, so I... Um, different positions was important to me. So I knew that that was another reason why I chose to go unmedicated. When you shared this newfound passion Mm -hmm. of wanting to do unmedicated with your husband, what Mm -hmm. was his reaction? Girl, Steven has (laughs) been the most chill person to be married to. That's great. Like I, I read stories on like Facebook in my little Facebook groups of like, of husbands that are kind of like, pushing back against things that they want to do and all that. Steven has very much so been like, that is your body. So like, if you want to do that, then you go ahead. Like, go ahead, girl, get it. Like, do it. That's awesome. um, And he's been super supportive through it too. And and so throughout the labor, throughout pregnancy, sorry, um, we watched videos together, like birthing videos. Oh God. (laughs) I did that one time and I literally was traumatized. I was like, I don't... I think it solidified for me. Now, again, this is all our opinions, mm-hmm. but it solidified for me. Like, I don't think like a vaginal birth is for me. Like, that's the thing. It scared though. me. So, it scared me. And one thing me. that I had for later, but we can hit now, is one of the things that you learn in hypnobirthing, which is again just the method that I chose. There are so many different methods that you can you can learn and and use to go to classes to whatever. Um, to prep for birth, but I chose hypnobirthing because it resonated with me. It made sense to me. Yeah. Um, the whole first chapter of the book is talking about the science behind birth. And okay. so for me, being educated in like the exact hormones that are released and whatnot, yeah. the, your, what your muscles are doing, all of that 
was super helpful for me. So it resonated with me, and that's why I chose hypnobirthing. But um, I was just saying, like, how was Steven when oh, you told him? Yes. He was so super supportive. We watched videos, so but that was a huge part of hypnobirthing method. Is one of the tools in pregnancy is to basically just try to fill your mind with as many positive thoughts okay. about birth in general, no matter yeah. what kind of birth you have have a positive mindset about it and yeah. you want to see successful, positive birthing stories yeah. um, leading up to your birth so that your brain, when when you're in stress or fear, are, you're automatically going to unlock all of those, like, all of those, like, files on that topic. So, okay. like, when you get into birth, do you want to be talking, thinking about, yeah. you know, Aunt Susie telling you about her friend that <laughs> had this terrible experience? Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or do you want to be thinking about all of those videos and the podcast and the stories of people that were sharing their positive birth story yeah. about how it can end up happening? Yeah. So um, that was one thing that I did, and I Stephen did it as well. And then we also watched some of the other videos of um, talking about, like, the tools that you can yeah, I wish I would have done that. I feel like because I had Noah so young, mm -hmm. I was 20. So mm -hmm. I got pregnant at 19. I was already married. Yeah. And I was just like super young. I hadn't really been exposed to a lot of people having right. birds. Yeah. Um, and when you don't know anything else. Yeah. I didn't do research in that sense where it was like, oh, let me see all of this positivity and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I did see my sister-in-law give birth and I feel like that traumatized me too oh, no. because I was just like, even though she had a... She had a good labor. She did get an epidural. It didn't take. Mm -hmm. She was already fearful of it to begin with. So they had to do it again. So that kind of like yeah. caused trauma to her yeah. too. And that's really the only experience that I had with like a vaginal delivery. Yeah. And I think for me, I was just like, no, like mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't want to go through this. I feel like afraid and felt right, scared. Right. Um, to be fair, oh, yeah. I also, I did have like kind of like a circle of people who had similar experiences of um, That's helpful. going unmedicated or the more natural, in quote, natural um, route. So I had the advantage of knowing that it's possible to be yeah. positive. So that's why I kind of started digging into the information of how, yeah. how to do that. But, I think that's important, like surrounding yourself with people who, I mean, that's just in general too, I would say, surrounding yourself with people who support you. Mm -hmm who kind of share maybe not exactly the same situations, but right. who, who can encourage you in that sense. Because a lot of the times we do things out of the fear of not knowing mm -hmm. or out of the fear of someone else's experience. Mm -hmm. And it's not even our experience, but we right. own it as ours, you right. know? So, and that can go with pretty much anything in life yeah. where you kind of are impacted by what you're seeing. So yeah. that's why it's important to have people close to you yeah. that are, you know, yeah. doing good things. My husband was supportive of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, my mom at first was quite confused. So yeah. I come from a family of four, Okay. Uh, four children. And with all four of us, she had um, planned epidurals okay. with all of them. Um, she really, she didn't see any other way of doing it, mm -hmm. really. And that's that's perfectly fine. Like, that's what worked for her. Yeah. Um, and I think a couple of us were inductions. I can't really remember um, but I know with a, a few, I, maybe second, um, she ended up ha having a, an episiotomy. Um, I don't know what the others though. So yeah. anyways, yeah. uh, needless to say, so it was very different than she was confused that like where I even got the idea yeah, of, yeah. of going unmedicated. She was like, are you 
sure you didn't want to do that? But she ended up coming around because, so I, like I said, got pregnant with Caden in the middle of 2020 and 2021. They still had um, policies. I don't know if they've lightened up a little bit now, but in the hospital, they had policies where you could only have your birthing partner and then a certified doula. Yeah, I think Um, it's, it probably is still similar or I I don't think think they've released it that much. Yeah, but but, um, she was absolutely shattered that she was not going to be able to be a part of the birth. So what the mama did is she found an online course where she was able to take a doula course to get a legitimate certification for being a doula. But here's what happened. So number one, yes, my mom was able to be there for the birth. Two, she was able to learn what a doula does, why, all of those things. Um, She learned a lot more about unmedicated birth. And be even more supportive with you. That's amazing. Not even the second chapter. She was like, I understand why you want to do this now. Like Your body is made for this. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do it, do it. That's awesome. Um, so she became very, very supportive of it. Um, There's a life hack there for you guys. <laughs> if you can't be in the room, get certified. You can be in the room. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if I want to condone it. I don't know. Hey, um, if that's a mama, a mama wants to yes, be there for her baby. Yes. She's, she, she spent a lot of hours on that I'm course. Sure. <laughs> she had a whole notebook. Is it expensive to take a course like I that? I think at that time it was $70. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. To be there for now, the birth of your grandchild? Not mad about it. But here's the thing. So when she bought it, it didn't say this at all. But I looked a few months ago, and it appears that they actually have a note on there that says, um, take this course, and you can be there for the birth of your loved one or something like that. That's so funny. But now they hiked up the prices to, like, over $100, I think. So they they, they definitely... They're like, these grandparents, they're trying to cash in. So they're making money off of that. That's so funny. um, So she was able to be there. But, yeah, all that to say. So, um... I took the information and the goals that I had, and I made the decision that I wanted to go unmedicated. And what that meant for me is that I knew that if I wanted to do this and be successful at it, that I needed to um, set myself up for success. And so that meant finding the right provider. I started with a not great provider. Okay. Um, up until 19 weeks, I was with an OB that my friend recommended, um, and that she had the same goal. We weren't very far apart in uh, due dates. I think maybe like a few months. Okay. Um, she had the same goal. I had the OB, and I was, I was just leaving the appointments feeling unheard, mm-hmm. um, in that I was just another like checklist off her box basically yeah. for the day. Yeah. And even at my last appointment, I remember my very last appointment because I left there literally calling them saying, you need to send my medical records because I'm no longer going to be here. I started asking her questions about the birth and, and if she would support X, Y, Z. And she straight up dismissed all the questions that I was asking, which mind you, I wasn't going crazy on her. I yeah. was just asking like a couple questions. Yeah. And she dismissed me completely and said, oh, we won't even talk about that until your maybe 35 week appointment. 35 weeks. People go into labor early too, just in case. I'm like, um, no, that's, that's not for me. I need to know if you're going to support me now, not later, because if I need to change to a provider that will, I need to do that. Um, and I just want to encourage you guys, if you do not feel comfortable with your provider, you deserve to have a provider that you feel cared for. Um, and supported in, in whatever you, you 
have um, the goal to do. So for sure. Did you have any issues changing at that point? Because I remember I worked for an OBGYN like years ago mm-hmm. and we wouldn't take patients transferring in from other offices past mm-hmm. like I think it was like 20 weeks or like 22 weeks or something like that. I, I didn't did you have, have any, any issues. issues. That's good. So one thing is that I, I so I did my research. I knew from that point it was going to be difficult for me to find specifically an OB yeah. that was going to support this um, this birthing goals of, of mine. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to go with midwife. Okay. So I'm like narrowing narrowing down my choices. Yeah. You know? So I knew I wanted not every a practice has a midwife. Exactly. Okay. So and then I jumped into my mama groups. Okay. <laughs> asked my questions and go. I found that there were two hospitals in the Houston area where I lived at that time that had a midwife practice that operated within the hospital. Um, and the reason why I chose a hospital is that that it was my first my first baby and For I sure. was not comfortable um yet with being outside the hospital just in case anything happened because again it was my first baby and I didn't know really like you can prep all you want but you don't know what it's actually going to be like until you get into it yeah um and so I just didn't want to like regret regret it for sure so anyways um went to the hospital there were only two hospitals in the area that had a midwife practice and so I called the first one that had the best reviews and um, it's funny. They were like, oh, we're booked up for your due month. Um, I'm so no. sorry. And I was like, okay, well, I'm due February 28th, um, and there's no 29th. So what if we just put my <laughs> due date down for March 1st? Are you booked oh for March? Gosh. And she's like, man, we can't do that. I said, okay, well, just between you and I, what if I just call back and I give you my date? And March, it's March. 1st. <laughs> yeah. She's like, honey, no. And I was like, I'll hold him in. Like, yeah, no I mean, people go past 40 weeks all yeah, the time. Yeah, but no, that was not going to happen. So I went with the second one, and they, no big deal at all. Um, they just, basically, the, the way they processed it, um, and I think this is with most midwife practices, is that they have to receive your medical records um, and then basically confirm that you're not high risk. Okay. Um, which midwife practices in the hospitals technically can... Um, care for you if you you are high risk but they will just pair up with the ob that is over their practice um i'm pretty sure it's the same here if if they have midwife practices in hospitals i really don't know yeah but at least in texas um just do research and whatever state you're in do research to see see what's in your area what's available um but both midwife practices there that i looked into both had uh, ob's that they were partnered with yeah. so anytime anything was a red flag or high risk at all the ob would kind of step in and, and help out um make sure that nothing is missed or overlooked so. yeah so the doctor that i used to work for was actually the doctor that i had for my pregnancies oh, wow. for noah and jack no for yeah for noah and jackson and i was always like you know cuz i worked for him so it was mm-hmm. kind of like uh, I don't know how personal we're going to get. Obviously, when you have an OB, like it's very personal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what I used All to do, business. we used to have a midwife in our practice and I would see her up until like the due date. And so I would see her throughout all my appointments. And then finally, when it came time to labor, he would step in and and be my doctor, which was so weird. But yeah, we had a midwife at our practice and that was in Florida. So I think, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, called them. They basically took in my medical records. They um, went through them, called me saying, okay, you've been accepted into the practice and set up the appointment and whatnot. And I'm telling you what, the first appointment even was night and day difference. Um, She was just super like 
chill and kind of um, like really there to listen. She barely said anything coming in. She kind yeah. of was just like, hey, my name's um, it's nice to meet you. Like, tell me about like why you switched to our practice. Like, yeah. what are your goals? That kind of thing. Like, that's important. Her asking me and basically yeah. leaving the floor, she was like, "This appointment is yours. Like, yeah. you ask me whatever." Whereas, at, with with the OB that I had, it was mm-hmm. the complete opposite. So, yeah. I loved it from from the get go. And um, so I was with them from nineteen until I gave birth. But, um, what um, I guess like. As your time went on, as your pregnancy went on and you had switched to that practice, mm-hmm. what was like, what were the things that kept kind of like solidifying to you? Like, this is the right thing for you. Like, did you ever have a moment where you were just like, is this the right thing for me? Like, I'm scared. Like, like there what did that for, look like for you? I think there were for sure times every now and then where I was like, am I going to be able to do it? Like doubting mm-hmm. myself for sure. Um but it was the, I did, I spent a lot of time, I should have maybe tracked that, but I spent a lot of time digging into the hypnobirthing method, the tools that they gave, um, the preparation that they, they, it's not like you just read stuff, take note and then use it at birth. It's like throughout your pregnancy, we did, um, almost like it was, so there's actually like a Christian affirmation, like birth affirmations and Christian, um, it was actually just birth affirmations that I would listen, listen to at night. I would just kind of like lay down and listen. It would read scripture over me. Um, and it was kind of like are soaking in like a sponge. The fact that God made me this way, yeah. that I'm, I will be able to do it, um, through his strength and, yeah. and all of that. So, um, there was a lot of preparation, even practicing breathing. So there's the breathing methods that they give are up and down breathing in the, um, first and second stage of labor your basically through labor before actual delivery um you're doing up breathing so it's like breathing in for say like six uh let's say like four to six counts and then you're just breathing out for longer okay Um, maybe like if you're doing four count breathing up um or in on the out, you go to like six to eight, but okay. whatever feels right. Don't like force yeah, yeah. it just because you need to hit the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned. But yeah, um, like practicing that breathing. Even I had Braxton Hicks um, contractions from the time I was like twenty four weeks pregnant. Oh my gosh. Um, it was kind of like on and off, but that gave me a lot of practice. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then down breathing. This would be funny, but down breathing is for when you're pushing, and okay. um, it's kind of like you're like breathing in. Sorry if y'all sounded weird for y'all on the <laughs> mic, but and then on the out, you're literally blowing your air down, like, oh, like okay, kind of thing. And you can actually practice while going number two. Okay, um, so there you go, guys. <laughs> Some can, breathing exercises. Like, even, like, you can put a post-it note on your door saying "Practice your down breathing." That's so in the, funny. On your bathroom. That's smart. So um, there's a lot of preparation that you did in the middle of it. So I was constantly, almost constantly, like every day. Um, and, and don't think this is like too much work. Like for yeah. me, it was something that, um, honestly was a little fun for me. It kept me busy. It wasn't, it, it didn't really leave room for me to like start dwelling in my negative yeah. thoughts of birth. Yeah. Um, and I did that on purpose. Like I just That's great. basically know yourself and know what you need to feel like confident Secure, in, in, yeah. Yeah, in, in your birth. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more? So hypno, hypno birthing, right? Yeah. When I saw this on the notes, I was like, I don't even know what this is. Uh-huh. I need to like look this up. 
Um, so can you give us like, I don't know what you would consider like a definition of hypnobirthing just for those who are hearing this for the first time as well, just like me, I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. I could give like a quick synopsis of it. Um, so hypnobirthing method, um, again, like I said before, for me, once I got into reading, I did like a little recap of each kind of, uh, more popular method, like the Bradley method, hypnobirthing and whatnot. Um, and I chose hypnobirthing because it resonated with me. And the reason why is because in the beginning, um, it talks about the science of, of birth. So okay. like what is actually happening in your body, like showing you, because if you don't know what's going on and yeah. you feel something, yeah. you're like, I don't know what that is. That brings yeah. fear. Yeah, for I don't know sure. about that for everyone, but at no, least for it's me true. it does. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so anyways. It's unknown. It's new. Yes. It's something that you've yeah. never experienced before, yeah. especially if this is your first baby. Yes. So the main idea behind hypnobirthing is is giving you the information um, and explaining that, like the whole thing about it is uh, the cycle of pain um, okay. or the cycle of tension, whatever. <clears throat> and the, basically, if you picture like a triangle, the top is fear. Mm-hmm. And when you feel fear, you feel tense. Okay. Right. And then when you feel tense, you feel pain. And then when you feel pain, you feel fear, yeah. fear, tension, pain, and it's just a cycle. And once you get into that cycle, it's difficult to get out if you don't have the tools yeah. necessary yeah. to do so. So um, next, it talks about the different tools that you can have. Um, so that ranges from TINS machine. I don't even know what TINS stands for, but it's that, that like a little electric pad thing oh, that you yeah. can do. Actually, unfortunately, ended up not using that. But that was mainly because during my birth, I did not want to talk at all and I didn't want to ask for it. So Mm. Um, like TENS machines. Was that part of your plan? Like not to talk or you just didn't feel like it? No. Yeah. I didn't No, Yeah. I just got into birth and I did not. Yeah. I did not talk. Okay. Um, which is Hush. funny. Can't imagine that. Like as a nurse at or like most, as a support partner, like at most I said water, like really, yeah, like one word. I sentences? was just literally one word because I was serious, girl. I was like, I mean, you have really to be. Focusing. You have to be, yeah. Um. So, anyways, so it talks about the the cycle of um of the pain tension um here kind of thing, and then your tools. So it ranges from tens machines to light touch massage. Uh, your breathing is absolutely huge. If yeah. you were not breathing. So one thing it explained is um, your muscles need oxygen and hydration. So okay. for one, if you're being denied to drink water yeah. during your birth, that is a, a red flag. Um, yeah. It's actually like evidence-based, not, it's it's not evidence-based to not drink anything or, or even eat anything um, during birth, which you can read studies on that. I but, feel like don't hospitals do that just in case you have to have an emergency C-section? They do, and then also, um, yeah, it's something about, like, they don't want you to end up puking your, like, anything up and then choking on it, so yeah. that's one of the, like, the risks, I guess, but yeah. the thing is, is that that's that's based on you're a You're dehydrated, yeah. Yeah, and, and if you're dehydrating, you don't have energy, that's gonna, it's gonna lead to, to medical interventions, for sure, for sure. but, yeah. um, so anyways, uh. Your, your muscles need oxygen to to operate oxygen and hydration um so if you're not breathing and you're when you have a contraction you're yeah and you're holding your breath your muscles are like where's my oxygen yeah. like I need I didn't even think about that and you, that's when you're gonna feel the tension and the pain and the fear so it's, it's another thing that gets you into that cycle um so it teaches you about the breathing 
I cannot tell you how hard I was focusing on my breathing. That's the main thing that I thought, like I thought about that yeah. entire time. Yeah. But the, here's the thing: time literally did not exist for me during okay. during birth, um, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, so they give you a lot of tools, which you can read about. And so we're also going to have um, resources. Yes, absolutely. Brie has a lot of resources that we're going to post with everything that we post about this podcast. Mm -hmm. So when it comes out, we'll post the resources. Um, On the actual podcast episode, there's like a little comment section. We'll post the resources in there as well. So don't feel like you have to write anything down right now. Just listen. You'll have it all. And you'll have everything. And then you can always reach out to myself or Brie. She'll be tagged on everything. Mm -hmm. And she's going to promise all of us to get her doula certification. (laughs) Hit me up. <laughs> so this is going to be a good encouragement for her yeah, to finish that. That is so very can, true. This is going to be a nice push for all the clients that she's going to yeah, get yeah, yeah. Uh, so, from this podcast. But um, okay, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So the no, no, that's a good point to add. But um, so the goal in hypnobirthing, and it's it sounds weird. I know you kind of think about like, oh, isn't that like meditation, like yoga type thing? It sounded cool to me. I was like, yeah. what? Hypnobirthing? I love this. Like yeah, maybe you don't remember, yeah. maybe you don't feel anything. No, that's <laughs> definitely not it. Do you feel like now, sorry to keep getting like no, caught off, but um, do you feel like now you like can remember the pain like exactly? Or do you feel like because of oh, everything sure. that you did, you kind of no, 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 no. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I This is not a story of a pain-free birth. Okay. There are those stories that you <laughs> yeah. can find. Um, I, however, did not have that experience. Okay. I absolutely felt the pain, and I remember the pain. Okay. Um, but the thing is that the, the tools that I that I use, and, and know that it's different for everyone. Don't just say, like, oh, wait, you're talking about a medical birth. I might want to do that. But now you're mentioning that you still felt pain? No thanks. Yeah. Um, it, it's different for everybody. And I also, I would, if I were to go back, I would change a couple of things. I probably would do a birth center birth okay. to have my environment a little bit more controlled. Um, it was a little stressful for me to hear in the hallway. In the hospital. Like, code blue, code blue. For sure. Like, for on sure. my floor kind of thing. Yeah. And all I'm thinking about is like, who's code blue? Like, yeah. And you hear women screaming oh, and yeah, all of like, that. Yeah. So it was just wasn't a very calming environment. I had the nurse coming in. Um, like, I know they have to do their checks and yeah. whatnot, but like... It's a little bit more controlled when you're in a birthing center. For so sure. if I were to go back, I probably would go to a birthing center to have a more controlled environment. Um, and while I did say that the midwife experience was better than what I had with an OB, yeah. the midwife still kind of leaned towards like hospital protocols yeah. and whatnot. So I'll share a little bit more about that. I keep saying that. Yeah. But well, we're getting there. We're getting off, there. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the goal is of hypnobirthing, um, is to keep your mind calm, um, and to stay out of that cycle of fear, tension, pain. And it gives you those tools to to do just that. Um, when adrenaline is present, oxytocin can't be present in your body. So they can't exist in the same, at the same time. You can't have the happy hormone and the fear hormone all at once. Um, once adrenaline comes in, your blood is going away from your abdomen and all that to your legs and arms because that's like, that's biologically what your body's meant to do is like fight or flight. So once you feel adrenaline of that fear, your blood even is going away from where you need it at that time. Your yeah. uterus, your uterine muscles need that oxygen, yeah. hydration, and blood flow. Um, and you're not having that when you have adrenaline. I feel like hearing so. that, it just makes so much sense. And, and that's why hypnobirthing made more sense to me. Yeah. And, and why even it was encouraging me that, like, 
I can do this because yeah. if I keep those, if, if I keep these factors in yeah. place yeah. And, and in play, then I can do it. No yeah. problem. And also too, like, it's just amazing to me, like how perfect our bodies are created to do this. Yes. And I'm not saying that every woman is going to have children. Like that's right. not and what it, I'm saying. Yeah. But those women who do have babies, like your body is literally created to do this. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show you like yes. that hormone puts blood to the uterine area mm-hmm. and all of the, and it's just like, it just amazes me when you yes. think about like how intricate our bodies are to like have these kids. It's, it yeah, blows my it's, mind it's all the time. It's yeah. literally insane. I, my mind was blown throughout the entire, from conception to yeah. like actually birthing well, the baby. Well, even afterwards, like for Jackson, I um, pumped and breastfed for almost a whole year mm-hmm. and I kept looking at it and I kept telling Daniel and I'm like, how is it possible that I have kept this child alive? Yes. All with of my something body. that my body created. Like, what yeah. the heck? Like, that just blew, it blows my, my mind yeah. every single time. Yeah. Which is crazy. Same. Um, so, oxytocin. Let's get into yeah. your timeline a little bit. Okay. I know. Okay. I, I want to hear about, because I think that that's so interesting, the yeah. oxytocin and the adrenaline. Uh-huh. And I had never heard that before. Yeah. Until I read it in the notes. And I was yeah, just like, oh Yeah, oxytocin is like, is the driver for birth. Um, That's you crazy. have a, a protein, I can't remember what it was called, but um, it's in my notes, but um, there's a protein that the baby actually releases. So when okay. people say like the baby will come when the baby's ready, yeah. like, that's an actual thing. Like the yeah. baby releases a protein that actually starts the ripening of your cervix. Okay. Um, so that's what like initiates birth. But then after that, it's oxytocin that's going to be the driver for birth. So that's just one thing to keep in mind um, throughout your your prep and your education. I know that. that. Yeah. I've had three babies and not a clue. Look at that. Look at that. I'm learning today. Um, so, yeah. So let's talk about the, the timeline a little bit. Um, so I was due, like I said, February 28th of 2021. Okay. That February did not have a 29th. So okay. it was 28th to March 1st. So... I kid you not. So the February 28th was a, a Sunday. So I went to church. I'm feeling like, um, I'm feeling my Braxton Hicks that I had been feeling. Okay. So I'm not convinced. I don't let myself get excited to yeah. um, yet. This is on your due date. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm, I was feeling very discouraged because I was convinced. I was like, I, I was just ready for him to be there. And yeah. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like um, r- waiting in line for a roller coaster that you're really excited about, yep. and then they keep like closing it down. And you're almost like sick because you're like, I'm ready to go you're on like, this. My whole body. Yeah, and ready. they're like, uh, close for ten <laughs> minutes, and you're like, I have to wait ten like, I'm more ready. minutes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I was really disappointed. I remember going home crying. I actually have a picture of me like crying with mascara going to my face in oh my, my robe that I look back at every now That's and then amazing. to laugh at. That's amazing. Um, I text Steven and I'm like, I need to pick me up. Like, I'm feeling so sad. And so we went to my favorite Mexican restaurant, which nice. like, you just give me some salsa and chips. I'm good to good go. To go. <laughs> um, so that made me happy. But anyways, the next morning I had my midwife appointment and um, I asked them to do a membrane sweep just to see if that'll like encourage him to get going, which by the way, membrane sweeps, um, are not a for sure, like, are there, they're never a hundred percent like this is I've heard they're really painful too. Eh, that's, that's some people. So like, it it depends on the person doing it as well. Like, like actually doing the sweep. Um, 
I imagine that if like the person doesn't really like care or and whatnot, like yeah. um, it's gonna hurt a little bit more. So like some some women do feel that pain during membrane sweet and some don't. But anyways, um, it's not a for sure like this is gonna start labor. Yeah. It's just like, like a possible. Yeah. This might do it. Um, so I had that membrane sweep at like nine thirty in the morning or so. Um, and by noon, I started feeling those contractions again that I had been feeling the Braxton Hicks that I thought was Braxton Hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ends up that it, those, that it worked, it kickstarted labor. So, um, again, I didn't let myself get too excited (laughs) because I was like, I felt these before they're not different. So I don't know that this is it yet. Um, and so I kind of like stayed home, chilled. I had like a super relaxing day. Um, just watched more birthing videos. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Positive ones. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was on my yoga ball. I'm Girl, I, I lived on that yoga ball for like yeah. three weeks That's amazing. The, at the end of my pregnancy. But, um, and the contractions started picking up a little bit and around 4 p.m. So that whole time I was just laboring at home, like walking around still. Like I'm, yeah. I'm fine. They weren't serious yet. Um, 4 p.m. They started to pick up a little bit. Got my heating pad. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's getting a little serious. Yeah. All right. Um, and just kind of breathed through all of them. And around, I think like five, I texted my midwife and I said, hey, just so you know, I'm feeling these. I had my memory suit this morning. Um, she was like, okay, awesome. Let me know when they are. I think it was like less than three minutes apart, lasting for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens for about an hour. Okay. Um, so it was like the three one one roll for, okay. that's what, and it's going to be different for each provider um, okay. I've found. So, but with her, that's what it was, three one one. And so around maybe like seven is when I started feeling that um, they were getting more consistent, more yeah. intense. Um, and so I texted her again. She was like, okay, go ahead. And like my drive was also like a 45, 45 minute drive to the hospital. Oh my gosh, that's so, far. Yeah. And it just so happened that it wanted to pour down raining. Of course. At the same time. <laughs> it's so, the perfect storm. <laughs> um, here I am laboring in the car. I definitely stopped by Chick-fil-A on the way there because I wanted to eat. Um, but I only got to my fries. I didn't eat my chicken um, <laughs> because I was literally like working through contractions yeah. on the way there. Um, so we got to the hospital around 7.40, I believe, and um, that was PM. Um, had me in triage to make sure that I was progressing. So they, okay. they weren't – I think at that time, that morning, and for like three weeks leading up to labor, I think I was – like three centimeters dilated at okay. that time. So oh. like I was, I was already dilated. Yeah. Um, and I think that was like all the Braxton Hicks that I had maybe, but, um, but my effacement was like 95% that morning. Okay. So they were like, you're definitely still like your, your Not cervix ready is, fully. is thick. Yeah. Um, so that night, I think I was like 60% effaced when I got to the hospital, but still at three, three centimeters okay. dilated. And, um, so we got, they kept me in there for about an hour to check my progression and I, uh, progressed to a five centimeters. Oh, okay. Um, in Within that, that hour? hour? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Good. So it was pretty quick, but I honestly, it was so nice. It was like a really quiet room and I was by myself, oh. which I didn't really like. Steven had to wait in the waiting room before we went back to our Cause it was our COVID rooms. times too. Yes. Okay. COVID times. So, um, so they were like, okay, so we think that you're definitely in active labor let's get you to your room. Um, they told me originally in my appointments that I would have a room with a tub, um, that they had at the hospital that I would be able to, in case you wanted to get in. in and stuff. Yeah. 
um, which I was looking forward to. We got in and I only saw a shower and I was like, are there any rooms available with a tub? And she was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. They're all taken. Um, so I was like, I was like, girl, like pep talking yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. I said, Don't let that bother you. <laughs> Don't let that get you down. That's right. Like you need to stay up and like calm. So I said, oh, no big deal. Perfect. And, <laughs> that's You're perfect. like, just a shower. Love it. Yes. <laughs> I spent majority of that night in that shower. Yeah. I, mean, I kid you not. Yeah. That was one of the only things that, that helped with the, with the tension. So, um, we got in there. My mom, um, was driving down from Waco. So from the time she found out that I, around like 6 PM that it, like it was picking up, yeah. she started driving down. So she got there not long after we yeah. got in. Um, and so I labored through the night. I, I mentioned earlier that time did not exist. I literally did not know that I had labored through the night until, in the morning, the person came in, one of the nurses came in and said that they were having a shift change. Um, and I was like, shift change in the middle of the night? That's what I thought. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, what time is it? Yeah. I, like I said, I was not talking very much. Yeah. Um, she was like, time. <laughs> that's probably what I said. I don't quite remember. Um, she told me what time it was. I think it was like maybe seven, six, six or seven or something like that. Oh my and I was like, it's been all night. Um, it's kind of crazy. No I, I spent majority of that night. I used up a lot of water. I'm sorry for any of you that are right. pro in, environment of not, <laughs> using, not using water. I used a lot of water, um, but it, it helped my pain. So um, it was very hot. Like we kind of, Stephen took like the head of the shower and made sure it was like directly on my back yeah. and it felt great. Um, the ball did not work for me. Like it felt like At that his point. head was like partly out of my vagina already. Um, but it wasn't obviously even yeah. crowning yet, but that's what yeah. it felt like yeah. and sitting on a ball, like felt like it yeah. was shoving him back in Yeah. and it might not feel like that's for anyone else, yeah. but it did for me. So I was like a no ball person, um, for the labor specifically. So, um, yeah, uh, around 9am, no, just before that, probably like eight something or so, um, my water up to this point had not broken. So Same. laboring through the night, just so you know, and if I'm a person that I like um, kind of like black and white rules where it's like, this equals that. Yeah. that birth is not that, okay? <laughs> Labor and pregnancy, yes. not that. It's yeah. like, it's like, yeah, you might have a bloody show. Um, could be, could not be. <laughs> you could or you could not. Yeah. Um, your water might break and that's active labor. And like, that's when you know how to go to the hospital or it may not. Yeah. Like there is no this equals that. So if your friend Susan... Um, had this and this and this, and then you have this and then and this, and she's like, oh, you're in labor. Then you might actually not be. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, I my water didn't break up until around 8 a.m. or so when I got into transitional, my like transitional period, which okay. basically happens when you're around um, 10 centimeters, centimeters okay. dilated, when you're basically getting ready to push so your body. So that point you were... You yes, were at 10. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My, my body was getting ready for delivering the baby. Um, and what sometimes this brings is the shakes. So I was shaking uncontrollably. I mean, like my legs were like, and I'm not talking like a little shiver. I'm talking like, like visible movement of shaking. And I was like, did you give me something? And she's like, no, you, we didn't give you anything. I did. I was, I did have an IV. Um, I didn't, wasn't drinking enough water. And so they wanted to make sure I was hydrated. So they had fluids going. Um, I mentioned that I didn't talk at all. I like, I, I kid you not. I was like so in the zone that I didn't really think 
to, like I said, time didn't exist. I didn't yeah. think about the last time I drank water. Every now and then they would bring it to me. They're like, hey, are you thirsty? Yeah, you want to drink yeah. A little bit? Um, and it, it, like it's part of it made me feel a little bit nauseous. And that's why I didn't eat anything as well. I was technically, in quote, allowed to. Yeah. But I didn't because my body just was kind of like, I'm going to throw that up. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Um, but again, everybody is different. So um, I got around the transitional period. Um, started shaking a lot. I moved into the bed and I kind of, it was a great position I was in. I, um, I was turned around in the bed, so not facing the right way on my knees. And I had the front, the top of the bed fully in like, yeah, yeah. So like it was like straight up, up. Yeah. And I had my arms at the top of the bed oh, okay. um, and kind of let my belly hang. And that helped a ton with my back pain. Cause I was having yeah. a lot of back labor, like a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and that helped a ton with that. Um, and so that was a great position that I was able to do for, um, just breathing through my contractions and whatnot. And the nurse was able to check me that, like that. I didn't have to move oh, nice. um, to be checked. So, um, yeah, I, uh, was did you change positions like throughout like your laboring and all of that? Or I did a little bit, um, yeah. definitely in the shower. It was moving around a good bit. Um, and then when I got into the bed, um, by choice, I was like, I kind of stayed in that position. Once I got into a position that was working for me, yeah. I kind of stayed there. Yeah. I would kind of like move one leg up, one leg up, both legs down, yeah. that kind of thing to kind of like change it up a little bit to help things progress. But um, for the most part, stay in the same position that was working for me. So, um, and that's what I liked. I was, I liked the fact that I was able to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but I also, again, one of the things that I would change is if I had to, or in quote, had to be in a hospital, I will absolutely have a doula next time. Yeah. Like a, not that I'm saying that my mom wasn't a lich. Doula, doula. <laughs> I get mom, you're, you're listening. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is like doulas that have experience of For like, sure. hey, baby's in this position. Let's get your legs and let's let's change and yeah. do this to to help help things move along a little yeah. bit quicker. So, yeah, that makes um, sense. Having that kind of support, I would have appreciated. But, um, all right. So when was it game time? Like when when yeah. when did the pushing start? Yeah. So around the, right after transition period, um, my water so my water broke at that time. I was having insane insanely intense contractions yeah. at that time transitional contractions are completely different than the whole like laboring tr- contractions for me at least um so I told the nurse that like these contractions contractions that I'm having like I'm feeling my body push like my yeah. uterus is literally pushing for me like I can't naturally. control it yeah. yeah um and she was like okay, I'm going to go get the midwife, but don't push. And I was like, girl. I hear that all the time, which is so crazy. I'm like, girl, my body's doing it. I'm not going to like hold it. Like (laughs) the baby's coming. I hear nurses, like I hear stories, birthing stories where they're like, yeah, the nurse was like, don't push. There's a lot of liability issues. Oh, for for sure. sure, For sure. But it's just like, also, uh, ma'am, my body is literally doing it. Yes. Like I cannot stop it. Yeah. That's so Um, funny. So the, the, midwife that was on call was down the hall delivering twins which obviously takes a little bit longer than delivering a single baby yeah so they couldn't get her in immediately so they had to call in the third midwife um to come in so it just took her longer to get there so this whole time i'm like i'm like you better feel down there because i think he's coming out kind of thing um and so Long story short. Now, were you, like, on your back? Like, you were laying, like... In not a... at that time. Okay. No, not at that time. Um, during that time, I was changing positions. I was basically in that same bed position that okay. I said, um, with my arms up and, and on my knees and all that. Um, and... 
then, so the third midwife, midwife came in, um, and she was incredible. Um, she was like, get in what, like whatever position makes, makes you feel most comfortable. Yeah. Um, let's start doing a couple of like in quote practice pushes. Yeah. And I think she's kind of said that to like, not make me feel like so, um, maybe stressed or like, yeah, like, like oh, this is right this here. Is it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, cause it was, they weren't like practice pushing. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I was doing great. And then the second midwife that was delivering twins on the hall, um, got done and she came in and they switched. I oh, wish, okay. I wish the third midwife would have just stayed. Would have stayed. Yeah. Um, cause the second midwife came in the third left and she immediately said, all right, let's get on your back and, and push this baby out. You need to curl around, get on your back, curl around baby and hold your breath and push. And that's not what I was learning that yeah. it was actually helpful physiological yeah. for your body to push a baby out. Yeah. Um, Cause if you look Isn't at it, it up, best to be on all fours or something like that, it's best to be in a upright or um, basically to be working with gravity and not against yeah. it. So I was just yeah. to mention that um, if you look up um, kind of like visuals, you can see that your pubic bone, I don't know how to describe it, audio wise, but, <laughs> but like you're basically, if you're on your back, you're flipped to where you're working against gravity to yeah. push baby out from under a pubic bone and up through the vaginal canal okay. and out. Okay. Yeah. So when you flip that around and you're on either on all fours or just sitting up in a squatting position, yeah. et cetera. I was in a squatting position for a little bit with yeah. a third midwife that felt great. I feel like I was making that great made progression. Sense. Yeah. yeah. But at that point, like I said, I have been laboring all night. Yeah. I was completely exhausted. And by that time also, I, my, my nerves started getting the best of me. Honestly. For sure. Like I started getting scared because it's like, oh, this is it. Like, yeah, this is game this time. This is where I get him out. Yeah. And what if I can't do it? So I yeah. get started, I started thinking about all the what ifs and all that. And then she said, whatever I said, I would like to stay in the, this position for a little bit to see if I can, if I can get him out this way. And she reluctantly agreed. Um, and then like maybe two pushes later, she was like, all right, really though, I think you need to get on your back and do the whatever. Yeah. And I really, I, I honestly, I did not like that yeah. at all. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I did that. And I couldn't get him out for a few more pushes and his um, heart rate started dropping a little bit and they were monitoring him. And she said, okay, baby's heart rate's dropping and it's a little concerning. So if you don't get him out on the next push, um, we need to make some room. I kid you not, she said those same words. Make some room? Yes. And I said, girl... I like and you know what in does the, that mean? <laughs> the most like intense like I'm giving birth yeah. way. I'm yeah. like what? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. And she holds up like holds up the scissors and she's like I'm gonna give you a episiotomy. Oh no. Unmedicated. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so um, they can't I, even like throw some like numbing cream on no, there or anything. No, no time. So God bless. Um, I do one more push. Like she said, I'm like convinced this is going to be it. Of course it's not. And so with the next contraction and the next push yeah. at the same time, it was kind of like all in the same breath. Yeah. Where she cut, she cut me Yeah. at the same time. It was a second degree cut. Okay. Uh, so it's like a, a traditional episiotomy, which, yeah. um, you can also, I encourage you to read studies and, um, risk and benefits and all of that about episiotomies as yeah. well. So you can advocate for yourself. But yeah. um, she gave me that. He came right out. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, literally, it was kind of like contraction, push, snip, out. out. Like, Holy he was hell. like, and it was the most 
weird feeling I've ever felt. I was like, what just happened? I was worried for a second. And then I saw him out. I was like, oh, it worked. (laughs) You're like, perfect. So then like, then my like sick self, he, they put me, put him on my, on my, on my chest. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm like doing what the nurses typically do, like rubbing their back yeah, yeah. and all of that. I'm like doing it myself. And the like, nurse, I got this. Yeah, the nurse is like, oh, you're you're doing exactly what I was going to do. That's fine. Um, and then I'm like looking at her. I'm like, is he breathing? <laughs> oh, because it's super, just like a lot going on, I, I think, was at super that moment intense, too. Honestly, so uh, he was fine. Yeah. Um, he had a little bit of fluid they needed to take out, but they were able to wait. Um, I had in my birth plan for there to be a delayed cord clamping. Okay. Um, so basically you just wait until the, the blood stops flowing from the placenta to the baby. Okay. Um, cord goes white or stops pulsing and then you're good to go. So then they cut after that. Um, and then they were able to take him over, suction out the uh, fluid that they needed to take out. How long does that take like for the cord to... Um, like how long? I honestly can't remember. I want to say for, I, I honestly, I have no okay. clue. I'll look that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just interesting to question. me. And I was surprised when they said, okay, we're going to like, are you ready to snip the umbilical cord? I was like, but delayed cord clamping. <laughs> and she was like, girl, it's done. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, perfect. We're good. Um, yeah. So in meanwhile, they're stitching me up. Um, so in Steven. But at that point, I'm sure your body is just like has so much oh, going yeah. on like you're yeah. not feeling I mean, that in that sense i definitely felt it but it like i had gone through through so much absolutely um, intensity i don't want to use this like the word pain sure it was pain but like yeah. it was intense yeah um that like yes it still hurt but i was like eh, whatever yeah um i actually mentioned i was like hey am i supposed to feel you stitching me right now because she did numb after the fact oh well that's <laughs> not helpful stitch. okay well that's helpful <laughs> it, i guess it is helpful <laughs> Um, but I was still feeling it. And so she was like, oh, let me give you more then. So she gave me more. But um, he was born nine pounds, two ounces. So My he was a thick boy. Um, he would be a nine pound baby. Oh, yeah. When he you're was, like, oh, I'm medicated. Okay, nine pounds. <laughs> nine pounds, two ounces. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Um, I felt every every ounce of it. But, um, yeah, he was, he was a beautiful little boy. It definitely took a, a minute, hot minute for me to like it to sink in that like I had him. So, yeah. um, yeah, Steven was so funny. He was going in between like, it was weird. He was watching them like stitch me up. He would go My to gosh. me talk to me for a second. Then he would go over to Caden talk to Caden for a little bit. That's um, amazing. So yeah. And then we, we got transferred to our mother and baby room and it was great. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so much, I feel like there's so much science to it in the sense of like, I say science when I say like our bodies are what they're created to do, not like make-believe science, but I mean like God science. Yes, yes. (laughs) But it's just so crazy. Like our bodies are literally made for this. And it's just, it's amazing to me just to even hear about like the adrenaline and the oxytocin and just uh-huh. how everything kind of just goes together. And they're literally just, like puzzle pieces that yeah. come together. And as long as you support your body and you're supported, you're, you have a, um, you're surrounded by people that support you and your environment is supportive of it, that it's strongly possible for you to achieve that yeah. goal of, of going unmedicated. If that is your goal. Yeah. I think a lot of it is mindset for Absolutely. sure. Like that Absolutely. plays probably the biggest your part. Your mind is so powerful. Yeah. Which is nuts. Like you think about it and it's like you're the power of your thoughts and your mind and just what you can do with that is just, it's amazing to be honest, yeah. especially with your own body. Like yes. I've read so many different things about like just you being able to like 
I don't want to use the word heal yourself, but like there's just so many things that like right. mentally, like your your mentality and your thought process plays a part in how you feel, mm-hmm. how you heal, how you move forward, how your body um, reacts to certain things. Like there's just mm-hmm. so much that you can do for yourself. And I think yes. that that's amazing, especially when it comes to bringing a child in yeah. and all of that. But God is an intentional God and he, yeah. he placed every single part of us where it's at for a reason. Yeah. So. Yeah, which is amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing this. This You're has very welcome. been thank you for eye-opening me. and amazing. And it's funny because like I, I hear your story and I'm just like, man, I love that. I think that's so awesome. Again, total opposite of mine. Yeah. I walked in there and I was like, all right, where's my epidural? I'm uh-huh. ready. Like, yep. give her to me. Um, and but that's just that's just where I was at, you know. Right. And I think fear. And lack of knowledge and a lot of that played into how I was with my first pregnancy. With Jackson, complete opposite. I was Mm -hmm. like, I want to do everything natural. Mm -hmm. I want to do everything organic. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And even that much, like, played fear played a part in that because Mm -hmm. I I changed things about my birthing situation because I was like, it wasn't the norm. It wasn't what my family knew. It wasn't what... The people around me were used to. And so that played into like Daniel and I being like, oh my God, are we making the wrong decision? Like, and that oh, sucks. Yeah, yeah. And that sucks because I'm like, man, like if you have someone around you that supports you and champions you, like that just gives you the strength that you need sometimes. And believe me, you can find a support group. Absolutely. I mean, you you can take any view in the world and find a yeah. group that supports yeah. that view. So exactly. And I think too, if it's not like, around you in your everyday life, you can find it for sure. And I think for families, like when someone in your family comes to you and says, this is what I want, this is what I want to do, like support them unless you truly Absolutely. feel like, like something is dangerous or right, like right. I want to have my baby in a wagon or something crazy like that you would be like, um... Okay, I don't really know about that, but Maybe like send them some from some resources. <laughs> you know, so I think that like yeah. for families and for us, like if this is not your thing, like that's fine. But also like support those that come to you with this and not yeah. just automatically be like, No, that's super that's dangerous, that's work. super scary, that's not gonna work. That was you my, know, my least favorite thing that people did was discourage me with like a oh, I tried that too, and yeah. XYZ happened. Yeah. Um I'm like that's not encouraging. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Like not- for Jackson, I wanted a V back. Like I wanted to try. I wanted to try. Yeah. And I just I gave up because yeah. I got so scared. And I was just like, yes, it is dangerous. Yes, there are risks. And it was just, yeah. it was just too much. But I would encourage you guys to, if you have a plan, if there's something that you want to do, like really do your research, mm-hmm. reach out to people who are like-minded and what you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. And just lean on them. them. Yeah, lean on them for support. Ask and your provider questions. Yeah. Get, ask for their percentage rates of, of C-sections, successful VBACs, yeah. all of those things. Because if you have someone that has more of a, a higher percentage of those things, they're, yeah. they're going to be more likely to support something like that. So Yeah, and even too, like, I remember my doctor, um, just because of his his um, beliefs. So he was a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so when I told him, and nothing wrong with Catholics, we love the Catholics, but like he he wouldn't do um, a tube ligation. So I told him, hey, I want to oh, get my tubes tied wow. after Jackson. And he was like, I can't, like it's my belief. So even down to like huh. what your provider 
religiously would right. do for you. You yeah. know, like all yeah. of that stuff is so important. Okay. So like advocate for yourself Ask because questions. at the end of the day, nobody else is going to. Yep. And they're Thank there you. to do a job. You're there to do what's best for you. Right. And I feel like that's what's important. Absolutely. Um, we will have all the resources for you yes. um, that Bree talked about. The book and that I read. Yes. We'll have a list of all of that for you. Um, if you have questions, please do not hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Instagram, if you have my number, if you have Bree's number, if you know um, how to get in contact with us, I'll have her Instagram handle posted. And yeah, she would love to answer questions. I love talking about it, obviously. <laughs> Brie the doula is going to be coming to us here soon. Soon to be. <laughs> soon to be. We're going to speak that into existence yeah. for her. And we're going to encourage her to keep pushing forward and to do it because I think it's definitely important. And when you're passionate about something, I feel like that is when you're the best at it. Absolutely. You know, because you're from personal experience, you can speak to it. Yeah. And I feel like that's amazing. Sure. Uh, final question. Are you going to do this again? Are you going to have a natural unmedicated birth again? Is that your plan? If I get pregnant again, absolutely. That would be, that would be my plan and my, my goal. Um, we've, we've, we thought about just having one, okay. which wasn't originally in our in our plans or thoughts or okay. anything. We we thought that we would have like three to four kids, that whole deal. Yeah. And then we had Caden, and we're like, man, you're really cool. Yeah. Like, we kind of just like this one. <laughs> Their baby is really cool. Also, he, he is really cool. He's really cool. You need to follow her husband. There's a specific video yeah. of him dancing, like literally on the beat. This kid is so freaking he's cool. He's got better boobs than me. He but, is like, he's and, so and cool. also people keep saying like the whole um, transition from one to two is like the worst transition ever. I hear and when that, you like, go from three to scared. four. Yeah, I hear when you go from three to four, that's like the easiest. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not trying to go there. No, so no. I'm yeah, gonna stay so, at three. I don't know. We, I think we'll have another one. I think so. If if we were to get pregnant again, absolutely, that would be my goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Are you gonna do it at home, or are you gonna do like a birthing Probably center? A birthing center. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Technically, in North Carolina, it's illegal to have a home, like a really? planned home birth with a um, like a midwife kind of thing. Like the midwife can cool. like charged i think what about south carolina you could do it here at oh, my home I don't know. you can do it at my home if you need it birth here. <laughs> we'll leave we'll leave you can have a house to yourself and... i don't know what the law is here but yeah and at least in north carolina um i didn't know that yeah That's you can't know. like plan it with like a provider like the, it would be illegal for the provider to do so i don't think that you can go to jail for it got it and don't quote me on that maybe look it up but um, okay. i would probably do a birthing center though nice nice all right. Well, that is all for today, guys. I appreciate you guys listening. Bree, I appreciate you being here again, sharing your story, your vulnerability. Um, this is a really personal thing, but yeah. I'm really happy that you shared it because I know so yeah. many people are going to be able to um, find peace in it, find information, which I think is the most important. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's all that we have for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and follow and share all the things. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music and Spotify. So thanks again, Brie. Thank you.